This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, this is Sean from Kansas, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. I don't think I even can. I'm pretty sure Trump is going to ban it. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us, episode 473, if you can believe it, of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by the lovely turtleneck wearing, to paint a picture, Brittany Page. Well, it's cold. <laughs> it's cold outside, meaning it's 60 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very cold. So, you know, speaking of the cold weather and the holidays coming up, I have a present for you. I have it right now, and I'm going to give it to you. Are you ready? What are you doing? Well, I'm giving you a piece of advice because I saw a tweet, and I have a I have a suggestion for you. This is my gift well, to you. First, my gift s- is a no, suggestion. No, no, no. Yeah, let me say this. Worst gift ever. Well, you don't know yet. I've got some advice. I've got a suggestion. Here's my gift. How? Speaking of shitty gifts. You can't judge it yet because what if it's actually a great suggestion? Then it's a great gift. (laughs) Right? I guess, man. Okay. Well, so you get a lot of haters on, well, everything. Twitter. (laughs) Facebook, wow. YouTube. This is not starting well. You have a lot of haters. People hate you. And <laughs> um, true. I don't know why I'm laughing so hard. It's true. <laughs> and you, you, you have a lot of haters on, well, everywhere. So, <laughs> so you're often thinking about how to. Well, you're not thinking about this, but let's say you are thinking about how to handle the haters. Yeah. Okay. There's this person on Twitter, and they also get a lot of haters. Their name is at Advil. Okay, like the... Like, like the medicine? Yes, at Advil. They got Advil? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bio is internet science guy, award-winning astrophotographer, and host of Unrelatable Pod. 
All right, a little plug for Advil. Yeah, so he gets a lot of hate as well. And I guess his DMs are open. You know, on Twitter, you can make your DMs open so that even people you don't follow can message you privately. I I get get them too. Okay. They go into kind of like a Facebook other folder Mm. where you can look at them and then accept the request. Okay, so that's what he does. And... His new thing, apparently, is that he gets hateful messages and he tries to see how quickly he can change their mood around. Okay. So this is an example. He got this message. This is what it says. Shut the fuck up and go back the fuck wherever you came from, then pussy. <laughs> see, this is an ignore this for is, me. This is the internet, yeah, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I don't even engage assholes like this. Yeah. Okay. So this is in his DM, someone he doesn't know, a stranger saying this to him he accepts the request and he says you look really nice in your icon what do you use to whiten your teeth like that (laughs) okay uh there's no way this works there's no fucking way this works the person who just said shut the fuck up go back the fuck wherever you came and called him a pussy writes back I'm pretty nice usually, just a little sick right now. My girlfriend does it. I don't really prefer it, but I liked the pick. I like your facial hair. Wish I had some. Really? So he goes from calling him a pussy and telling him to go the fuck back wherever he came, whatever. And now he's... How does he not know? First of all, I'm sidetracking this, but how does he not know he already is in the place from which he came? Well, come on. It's if the, there's it's no the place internet. to go back to. It's the internet. <laughs> right. But now he's like answering his question. How, yeah. how his teeth get that white. And he's now he's complimenting him. And it happened immediately. Immediately. Yeah, I did, there's no way I would think that would work. And then the guy who was attacked originally writes back, I use activated charcoal capsules. Pull them apart. Brush with them. It looks, tastes weird, but works wonders on polishing teeth. <laughs> okay, so he's just ignoring the hate that he got and continuing to go down this path. The The guy who attacked him says, where does one get one of those? Really? <laughs> then the, the They're like best fucking friends now. I know. Advil, who was attacked, writes back, any drugstore like CVS. And then... The dick writes back, appreciate it. Well, sorry to have been rude, man. Have a good night. What? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. And then um, at Advil writes back, sleep well, homie. Love you. (laughs) The guy says, love you too. Good night. What? (laughs) They're like in a relationship now. What is this is one of those things where maybe I'm not sure if I buy it. I don't know. I mean, so are you are you suggesting by way of this wonderful and thoughtful gift that you're giving me? Yeah, thanks for recognizing do, that. Uh, do, 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 <laughs> do you suggest that I start doing this? That I employ this strategy? I think it would be interesting to try at least for the show because I get told to kill myself a lot. Yeah, I mean, so you know. So, also, think about this. Okay, should I do it? publicly like mm-hmm. in the youtube comments so everybody can see the experiment yeah i don't know see that's a good question because i wonder if part of this is i mean if you were to do it publicly my concern is that someone would think i can't back down because this is public and yeah. i was already a dick and i've kind of already shown my cards and i'm going to try it I think you should. I mean, you know what happened with the Sarah Silverman thing, right? Someone called yeah, her yeah, yeah. 
uh, Wayne's favorite word. And she ended up engaging with the person, the man. And he like started sharing all his medical problems that he was having. And I think they've like met up in person. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe they've just had phone conversations, Mm. but like they are friendly. Yeah. She like, uh, crowdsourced someone to help him get his back fixed. And yeah, but she's like Jesus. I mean, she's like, uh, well, she's also a Jew like Jesus, but I mean, she she's she's uh, very humanistic in that way. She there's something special about Sarah Silverman. Are you saying that there's not something special about you? Uh, not in that way. <laughs> not in that way. Yeah, I'm. She's very quick to be magnanimous and loving, mm-hmm. and I'm quick to pick up a brick and bash someone in the head with it. All right. Well. <laughs> Let's relax well, let me a little try, bit. I'll try. I'll give this a shot. I think um, it would be a good experiment. And if nothing else, it'll be a good bit for the show. Of course. Yeah. Well, it, it reminded me of um, I was looking at my memories on Facebook. And three years ago, I posted the screenshot of a comment that I got and responded to. And this woman said, Brittany Page, you're an idiot. And I was like, April, thank you. You sound like a beautiful, compassionate human. Thanks for your comment. Merry <laughs> Christmas. This isn't the the Brazil chick, right? No, this is a different person. But according person. to your comments. Yeah, I get called an idiot a lot. It's really sad for me. Why would you get hate on the internet? Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very, very dumb. That is remarkable. I know. So, well, I'm going to give that a shot. Yeah, you're welcome for that. Although, terrible gift. Well... Good intro segment. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's the gift. (laughs) (laughs) I expect good intro segments out of you on the reg. Okay. That shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. A gift. Well, let's let's start another vicious debate similar to the um, like Sam Harris wars that we have been having on the show. Yeah. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh, um... Yeah, this is a common, you know, like people, it's like pineapple on fucking pizza. Like people waste time actually talking about this. I would, <laughs> Which we're about to do. No, no, so. I, I would say, because I don't really have an opinion on it, I would say Die Hard is not a Christmas movie in and of itself, but because it's considered a Christmas movie, it's a Christmas movie. It doesn't matter you know what I mean? Well, so it is considered a Christmas movie? That's the by debate. By many. Yeah, by many. Well, not really. 25% of adults. Oh. Well, I like I don't think, oh, let's watch this. I don't really watch any Christmas movies. Uh-huh. But there are Christmas elements to it. Yeah. And I think there's enough people who consider it a Christmas movie. They're having a Christmas party during the movie? Yeah. And at the end, when he tapes the gun to his... I think it's like Christmas... Like tape or something, isn't it? I don't. I haven't seen the movie in. I don't remember that. Goddamn, fifteen, twenty years. Yeah. Well, like you said, this is a popular debate online. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And like I said, twenty-five percent of adults. They actually did polling on this. The Morning Consult and the Hollywood Reporter, <laughs> of course. So it is a quarter of people believe it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so 25% of U.S. adults say, yes, Christmas movie. 62% of U.S. adults, no, it is not a Christmas movie. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't think, again, I think it's, it's if you consider it a Christmas movie, it's a Christmas movie. If you think The Godfather is something you watch during Christmas time, and that's what your family does, then it's a fucking Christmas movie. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's, you know, Clarence or George whatever from the dumb movie you love. Wow. 
what uh chris what is it uh I well, it's just. I mean, I am. I almost don't. What's the movie? What's the movie? It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful but, life. But see, now it's going to open a torrent of abuse for you because of your dumb opinion that you just expressed. <laughs> so I was trying to protect you by not giving the title Every of the movie. Every time we bankrupt a bank, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> that is not what happens. That's not. That was not a line. Every time you hire a stupid relative and he he bungles the deposit, an angel gets its wings. Th- that doesn't happen either. It's I'm like pretty sure ne- that's It's like the, you've never seen the movie. That's the whole plot of the movie. Uh, well, part of it is right, but not the part about the angel getting the wings when Every that happens. Every time I <laughs> stumble on. around in the snow. Jesus Christ. And try to jump off a bridge. An angel gets its wings. All right, well. <laughs> don't slide into my fucking DMs about this. You will get ignored. <laughs> I don't know. It's the perfect opportunity to start a conversation with Jesse. So speaking <laughs> of Christmas, last episode we talked about the 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 habit, if you will, the cultural acceptability of lying to your children about Santa. It comes up every episode, every uh, every Christmas time. And uh, every episode, we we didn't get very much feedback on it, but Andy did call in. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, it's Andy from Oklahoma, and I just kind of wanted to chime in on the Santa Claus thing. Um, my daughter is five and my son is three. And so, you know, they, they still believe in Santa. And it's one of those things that we don't really push on them. We don't I mean, like every once in a while, if like they see something they want I <laughs> some uh, rather than saying I'm not buying that crap I'll just say oh maybe that's something Santa can bring for Christmas or something like that where it's just you know sort of in passing but you know my wife and I have talked about what we're going to do when they start asking questions and I mean from the very first question we're just going to sit down with her and be like hey what do you think what do you think about this like if she says well how does one you know one man deliver blah 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 and and we'll just say well, how do you think that happens? And let her kind of work through it. And if she goes away from that conversation still believing, that's okay. But once she figures it out, once she gets to the point where she says, I don't think he's real, we are going to celebrate it. We're going to be like, oh my gosh, you figured it out. Way to go. You know, like it's like a rite of passage where it's like, oh my gosh, I was, I hadn't figured it out yet when I was your age, you know, to where she feels like, uh, you know, everybody has been through this and she's part of the group of, you know, grownups and big and big kids now. Um, so I, I, I realize that by saying, oh, maybe Santa will bring it for you for Christmas, that's sort of lying. But I, as soon as she starts having questions, I don't want to push her in that direction. I want to, and, and my son too. Um, but anyway, I just thought if anybody wondered, you know, what they might do with their kids whenever they start asking questions, this is something that we think, of course, it hasn't happened yet, so it may turn out to be terrible, but uh, we think it might be a pretty good thing is as almost like i mean i might even have a gift ready to give her or you know maybe take her to go get something special that you know it's a big day that she figured out that you know that santa claus isn't real and and she's you know so smart for figuring it out that kind of thing so anyway i just thought i'd chime in thanks that'll be a good day that'll be the day you take your daughter out for her first beer <laughs> what you figured it out you're an adult now Nah. <laughs> I think Andy's daughter will figure it out soon. Sounds like it's going to happen soon. Um, hey, I want you to talk about 
after the last episode, we were we talked about it a little bit more because apparently I'm obsessed with it. Uh-huh. And um, you brought up a point that I had never thought of mm-hmm. that I think is super valid that puts a different spin on this relative to the the Santa talk. Yeah, I was kind of bummed that I didn't bring it up because it's something that I've thought about. But um, poor kids, right? Especially with the iPads that kids get for Christmas and all of the electronics. And then kids go back to school and talk about what Santa brought to their house. And poor kids who who don't have access to those kinds of things on Christmas. Yeah, it makes um, Santa look like a discriminatory prick. Yeah, it's kind of like, what the what hell? What a classist asshole. Yeah, what is Santa doing bringing you an iPad? Why don't I get an iPad? I got the book of Lifesaver Suckers. That's what I got from Santa. Oh, I love that. And you those. got an iPad. Yeah, exactly. So that that's something that I have thought about a lot. Um, but I also wonder, and this is something we didn't talk about, is aren't kids just like Googling this now? You know, I mean, they all have phones and access to computers. Aren't they just like typing in? Maybe they're just milking it for more gifts and they know that they're in on it. That's actually what it is. The kids now. There's like a secretive shadowy cabal of children who all they're all there's message boards. We're like, yeah, these fucking idiots. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's probably what it is now. I mean, it's not like I'm trying to think. No, I don't think that we had a computer that I had access to at that time. Um, but kids certainly have access to computers now at yeah, a young age. Yeah, in their age. pockets. Yeah, and yeah. they can just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need to ask anybody. That's very funny. Just tell Siri, is Santa real? Yeah. So, hey, uh, the other thing, everybody, that we talked about last... last thank you, Andy, for the call. Yeah. Um, we didn't really address anything you said, but... I do think that's probably a good way mm-hmm. to mitigate any feeling of I was fucking lied to, that you, you make it part of the process of growing up. Yeah. I still hold my position that I'm not going to continue to obsess on. So thank you for the call. We appreciate it. The other thing we talked about thank was you, the, the Santa, <laughs> the Santa in the UK who <laughs> the, a fire broke out and he ripped <laughs> off his beard and hello children he, he lost it a little bit yeah he did and i couldn't get the accent down so Brittany uh-huh. vocally reached out i did to wayne in the uk so he he thinks he's got it figured out as requested this is what the santa from st ives cambridge here would have sounded like Everyone, get the fuck out! Now, all of you, get the fuck out! Except for you, Jesse, though, you're staying here and fighting this fire with me, brother! <laughs> Let me say that when I first heard this, yeah. uh, it was yesterday me, me too. at Grand Jury. I was not in the Grand Jury room, that would yeah. have been a little disturbing, but outside on a break, uh-huh. and... I laughed out loud like a maniac. Yeah, I was at work and I did the same. My favorite part, though. Brava. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Brava. That's what the Santa sounded like. <laughs> that's what he said. Get out, children. Anyway, <laughs> good times. We love Wayne. Thank you very much, sir. Yes, thank you. Um, the other topic we've been talking about to extend the listener communication and follow-up segment of the program mm. uh, is this Sam Harris situation with patreon and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> can i can i just really quick before i know we have a voice memo about it um but i just love that okay so all this happened sam harris left patreon 
Jordan Peterson is still on Patreon. Dave Rubin is still on Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happened was all this was going on with Sargon of Akkad, the guy who did the racist uh, racial slur thing that we read on the previous show. If you are starting with this show, go back and listen to the previous show so you know what we're talking about. Um, and Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson got together and they want to build a platform. Yeah. Like Patreon. Which was already done. It was called Hatreon. Right. Literally, that's what the name of it was for right. alt-right fucks. And it got shut down because the payment processors were like, we don't want any fucking part of this. Yeah. So they want to do a new one. Like Hatreon Lite. Right. And <laughs> people are leaving Patreon now. Not, not just I'm not just talking about content creators. I'm talking about fans of those content creators. That's right. They're protesting Patreon by deleting their pledges to I, people. I follow... There's a there's a YouTuber. He's a black Trump supporter. He, he he was the one who invited himself on the show. We never had him on, but he invited himself on the show after one of my Tommy Laren videos. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got a decent sized platform, over 200,000 subscribers on YouTube, I think. Mm -hmm. And right now he is like pleading with people on Twitter, don't fucking leave Patreon. And he's angry at these types, the Sargon types and, uh -huh. the, and the Sam Harris's because... There is this mass exodus now yeah. of these shitlord types or right. ch respecters of shitlords who are leaving the platform, which yeah. has got to be, it's not, look, that's not good for Patreon. Yeah. They'll make it up, but. Ew. Well, the thing is, um, Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin have to be regretting the temper tantrums that they were throwing, talking about creating a new platform because their fans are the ones who are deleting their pledges, which means they are losing money. Yeah. So now what they're doing, and Jordan Peterson recorded a video and essentially is begging people to not delete their Patreon yeah, pledges. Yeah, yeah. To not boycott Patreon because he needs the money. Until they can get something else figured out. Right. And he literally said, quote, it's not so good for me on the financial front. <laughs> he lost nearly 10% of his Patreon supporters yeah. over the past week. Cra that, I mean, that's a that's a giant chunk. And he was making, I think, what, 80000 a month 80, on Patreon? Th uh, months ago, it was eighty grand a month. Yeah, so who knows what it is now? I mean, he's acting like he's going to be in financial trouble. Yeah, come on, dude. He'll be fine. It's just he doesn't want to lose his eighty grand you, a month. You've been making eighty grand a month for months you're gonna be fucking okay dude yeah and then dave rubin said quote my business side is going that's not great so and dave rubin tours with dingus he right. tours with uh jordan peterson right so now they were they started out criticizing patreon now they are begging their fans please do not delete your patreon pledges because we haven't figured out what we're gonna do yet so Patreon's okay for now. Yeah. Please stay on it. Ugh. <laughs> anyway. So back to the the call about Sam Harris and basically how to navigate this territory of deplatforming people and, and who gets their voices amplified. Hey guys, it's Dan from Oceanside. I uh, just wanted to follow up with your commentary on Sam Harris uh, and his, you know, free speech concerns or whatever it is, worry about people being deplatformed. Or whatever it is. Uh, the, the first thing that strikes me about this whole thing is in our, like, YouTube, Patreon, content-driven uh, media landscape we're in right now, how much of a bummer it is we lost Christopher Hitchens right before we kind of entered this zone we're in. Indeed. Because it would have been interesting to see him go on a Joe Rogan or a Dave Rubin or any of these shows that sell themselves as, like, nonpartisan or bipartisan uh, and shoot down some of these these bad ideas on these big platforms. Um, and secondly, as much as I'm concerned with the Gavin McGinnises of the world, 
I, I definitely think the Joe Rogan and Dave Rubin types are a little more concerning because they sell themselves as not having a slant or being neutral. So they get these, you know, gigantic platforms and then they have a person like Gavin McGinnis on uh, exposing him to a way bigger group of people than any of Gavin's little niche Proud Boys bullshit, you know, influence would have. Uh, anyways, wanted to know what you thought about that. Um, the the kind of influx of all these shows of, you know, people selling themselves as, as a, a neutral site seems to be a kind of cover for having on people that wouldn't otherwise get into the mainstream. Anyways, uh, love the show. Keep up the good work. I can't really comment on Joe Rogan because I don't think I've ever listened to his show. I don't think I've ever listened to an episode of his show. I get sleepy just thinking about a three-hour show. I I haven't listened to it, so yeah. I don't know. But I have watched parts of them, like, for example, his interview with Gavin McInnes, and he dropped the ball. So I don't know how often he is having these people on and then not holding their feet to the fire and actually challenging them on their ideas and i mean joe rogan was kind of useful in that moment where like catching him in lies i guess you could say where he you you just yes lies um (laughs) where gavin mcginnis would talk about the the steps that you need to take in order to be a proud boy like you know level five proud boy needs to be engaged in active violence or whatever to be in a fight for the cause get arrested right yeah the different the different uh uh, what are they? The degrees. Degrees. That's yeah. right. And uh, Joe Rogan kind of using like a therapeutic wonderment technique, acting like he's you, you got to explain what that is. No one knows what that is. Acting like he's confused oh, in yeah. order to get Gavin McGinnis to explain more about what he's saying. Um, so wait a minute. You're saying that you uh, you don't endorse violence, but like the fifth degree requires that you engage in some violence. You know, th- those kinds yeah, of techniques. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was useful. But when Gavin McGinnis went on Joe Rogan, it's not like Gavin McGinnis was a nobody that didn't have a platform. Yeah, for sure. He he's, was on CRTV. He's, he's been already a common... been on Fox News a bunch. You know what I mean? Right. So this is someone who has a following, has a platform. Of course, Joe Rogan has a, a large following. He's one of the top podcasts. So, yeah, he probably did expose him to new people. But um, I don't know what the answer is, what the responsibility is of people like Joe Rogan. But I would say if you're one of the top podcasts and you're having a controversial figure on, you should probably hold their feet to the fire a little bit more. Yeah. L- listen, uh, doing this, I mean, it, it is difficult to have somebody on and give some pushback. Because you want to do it in a way that's not going to cause a, a flame out on the show, you know. Mm-hmm. But you do have a responsibility to, especially it, it, w- with ideas that are violent and right. there's actual physical harm to people. Right. If it's just some ideology, you know, like when we had Ted Larkins on. Mm-hmm. And I offered a little bit of resistance to some of that stuff, which... I we owed it to the audience to do that, mm-hmm. you know. When we had uh, the Trump supporter on a couple years ago, mm-hmm. the 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 kid who the Hispanic HIV positive uh, gay the 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 unicorn mm-hmm. who loved Donald Trump, we we tried to do some pushback with him, right? But there's only. So, it doesn't make for a great show if you just look. You're a fu- you're stupid. You're being dumb. You're not. You have to engage in a way to have an, an entertaining program. So I don't think that I'm going to give Joe Rogan a little bit of wiggle room. However, 
there are definitely cases where he could do a better job. Well, and I think Dan might also be getting to the point of, like, should Gavin McGinnis even have been on his show? Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, no, because what interesting ideas does Gavin McGinnis have to offer? You're really going to talk to Gavin McGinnis for three hours? I mean, I just don't see what's beneficial about hearing from him, you know, but I, that's not necessarily an argument from a censorship. Like he's dangerous. I'm not necessarily saying that, although I do believe he's yeah, like a dangerous person. I believe that too. I'm just saying what Joe Rogan, like Dan alluded to paints himself as an intellectual. That's like educating the world. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what is the education that people are going to be receiving from hearing, hearing Gavin McGinnis talk? I mean, honestly, what? I, I don't know. But I love what Dan... Unless there's another another side presented, there then there's nothing. Then it's just a fucking infomercial for Gavin McGinnis and his shitty, dangerous ideas. Right. Um, but I love what Dan said about Christopher Hitchens. And Oh, uh, yeah. I know it's, it's weird for me because I never met him. I don't know him personally, but I was a huge fan. And it is. It is a terrible bummer that he died and that we don't have his voice on so many issues, but that would be beneficial here because I really, and again, I don't know him, but my just feeling is then he would agree with me Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that he would be at odds with these Ruben type people. He wouldn't be posing in the woods for that intellectual dark web article on the New York Times. He wouldn't have been a part of that. I just yeah. genuinely believe that. And it could just be my personal bias and wanting to believe he would agree with me and, and not be doing this. But I I genuinely feel like he would well, be pushing back. The, the, the National Review, Dan also sent along to me um, a, a link to a National Review article right now. To call it an article is kind of a generous categorization. It is a couple of paragraphs. Most of the article is like Hitchens' writings. Uh-huh. So it's, he's just lazy as fuck, the kid who wrote it. But it... it He's he's making the argument that he would have that Hitchens would have liked Donald Trump because oh god because you can't you never know what Hitch would have done that's not an argument that because he was unpredictable he would have liked Donald Trump there's not a fucking chance there is not a chance that Christopher Hitchens would have been down for the human rights abusing Donald Trump there's not a goddamn chance and to say so is you know. It's about as close to blasphemy as anything can be. Mm-hmm. One of his quotes, Christopher Hitchens, quote, Donald Trump, a ludicrous figure, but at least he's lived up to it a bit in the real world. And at least he's worked out how to cover 90% of his skull with 30% of his hair. <laughs> and by the way, that's before Donald Trump was a legitimate political figure. Mm-hmm. Or as legitimate as he is now, being president of the United States. Right. In in criticizing um, the the super rich and people who have people who are greedy, he would often criticize Donald Trump. So it, it's just odd. I mean, he wouldn't have liked Hillary Clinton either. He would have been for uh, sure he against Hillary. Clinton. He didn't like Hillary. Clinton. Well, listen. Here 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 here's the thing about Donald Trump is that we know more about Donald Trump than anybody knew then. Mm-hmm. And he still hated Donald Trump. With all the new revelations, right. <laughs> Hitchens would have fucking ate him for goddamn lunch. Yeah. National Review, dipshits. Yikes. Anyway. So, uh, good times. Yep. Good times. Mm-hmm.
Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Jeremy. Jeremy. And Farhad. Farhad. Yes. Very exciting welcome Thank to the you. Patreon family. Thank you for your beautiful support. And we are, I, I'm assuming some of these are going to be um, new pledges, new pledges, new supporters. Um, to be in the contest. To be in the contest, which we are running this month. The first week of January, we're going to pick a winner. Mm-hmm. You have to be an active Patreon supporter. Mm-hmm. To co-host an episode of the show. It will be a really good time. So, if you're not already a Patreon supporter, go to teamdollamore.com mm-hmm. and join the Patreon family. You'll, there's other rewards like stickers and Google Hangout calls and some other stuff we're putting together right now. But we would love to have you on board. Yeah, and also remember, you need to respond to that message that I sent out that says, I'm in, if you want to be a part of the contest. Um, Some people responded and said, I am not in. Just wanted to say, love you guys. Um, (laughs) So we appreciate that, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We know that it is not for everybody, and we totally respect that. And if if it is for you, remember to respond to that Patreon message and say, I'm in, and that is how you are entered in. This is one of the reasons I really love our Patreon support and our audience in that way is that they know that they are supporting something well I hope that they think that it's special mm-hmm. that, that you're not you're helping produce content it's not necessarily you're giving because you're getting something back mm-hmm. we always want to try to give stuff back and and For have sure. it be reward centric yeah but I think there's a, a massive portion of our patreon supporters who don't give a fuck about that and that's by evidenced by you know, by how many people have entered. Even a lot of people have entered to, to co-host because it's sure. a fun time. For sure. But uh, I really, I, I appreciate that. It's it's It makes us feel good that you guys are helping us build this community. Yeah. And uh, it means a lot. For sure. So thank you guys so much. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So last time on the show, I talked about uh, the Trump Foundation, and I said that there were two elements to these, the latest, greatest scandals that were going to be the most problematic for Donald Trump and his family. I said that the the Trump Foundation, I predicted that the Trump Foundation would be one of those, and then the the other element would be would be AMI and what they possibly have Mm -hmm. in their safe. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, there is news on the front of the Trump Foundation. Wait, the, and the, the Trump Foundation? The Trump Foundation. What about the Clinton Foundation? Oh, apparently they're just left to be um, <laughs> nefariously corrupt oh. on an ongoing basis. Okay, they, okay. Yeah, just ca- rife with corruption. Yeah. and uh, But the Trump Foundation, they're getting attacked by the deep state. Okay. That's what's happening. So the Trump Foundation has to dissolve... Well, but, you, spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, Brittany did say it, what it is. That they that they are dissolving. <laughs> However, it, it does 
it lets me know that I was onto the right track of this because should I I do it? (laughs) And I say that only because when does Donald Trump ever fold the tent, give up, go away, admit defeat? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a big deal that he is closing down shop. And I know that um, he there was talk about him closing the foundation, but then it was not allowed to close because of the investigation. But they are they're making a deal right now where Donald Trump and his offspring aren't allowed to be on the boards of charitable foundations for like a decade. Let that sink in. That the president of the United States and his fucking children aren't allowed to be involved with nonprofit charities because they're grifters. We're back with our analysts following a breaking news on a major legal defeat for President Trump. His foundation forced to shut down in the midst of a lawsuit accusing the charity of financial misconduct. The New York uh, State Attorney General suggesting the foundation is little more than a checkbook for the president's personal and political interests. Let's get the latest details from our national political correspondent, MJ Lee. Uh, MJ, what's the latest? Well, Wolf, uh, President Trump has agreed to shut down the Trump Foundation. Uh, This is his family's charitable organization. And this news coming in the middle of an ongoing lawsuit against the foundation from New York State AG's office. Uh, They allege that rather than being a real charity, as you said, the Trump Foundation has been more of a checkbook serving uh, President Trump's own interests. Here's just a couple of examples from the lawsuit of how the organization appears to have used its donations to benefit Trump or his business. Uh, First off, it says Trump bought a six-foot portrait of himself, uh, there's a photo of it, uh, at a charity auction using charity money. Uh, The lawsuit also says $100,000 of charity money was used to settle legal claims against Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. And similarly, the lawsuit also says another $158,000 of charity money was used to settle legal claims against the Trump National Golf Club in 2008. And this incident allegedly involved a hole-in-one tournament. Now, uh, let me also read a part of a statement from New York Attorney General Barbara Underwood. Uh, She said, our petition detailed a shocking pattern of illegality involving the Trump Foundation, including unlawful coordination with the Trump presidential campaign, repeated and willful self-dealing, and much more. This amounted to the Trump Foundation functioning as little more than a checkbook to serve Mr. Trump's business and political interests. Now, the AG's office also says, it will review uh, which charities will receive the remainder of the Trump Foundation's assets. Wolf. MJ, the lawsuit against the foundation will continue despite the charity, the Trump charity now shutting down. So what comes next? Uh, That's right. You know, even with the Trump Foundation shutting down, this lawsuit is still ongoing. Uh, The New York AG's office would like to see uh, two other things happen. Uh, First, they want $2.8 million in restitution plus additional penalties. And second, they also want to ban Trump uh, from serving as a director or trustee of a New York nonprofit for 10 years. And similarly, they also want other board members of the organization, the Trump children, to also be banned from serving uh, 
uh, on a nonprofit for one year. Uh, I should also note uh, White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders would not comment on this Trump Foundation news at the press briefing earlier today. But a lawyer for the Trump Foundation called the AG's announcement misleading, uh, saying the foundation has actually been planning to dissolve uh, since Trump's uh, election in 2016. The lawyer also said the lawsuit was politically motivated. So it's Donald Trump for 10 years, the kids for one year. That's the proposal here. Uh, it is remarkable that they're saying that there was a, a shocking pattern of illegal activity. There, all, there was only like a, a $1.7 million in the foundation. The foundation with the name of a purported billionaire on it mm-hmm. only had a, less than $2 million bucks. Right. The largest disbursement given over the course of the the existence, the lifespan of this of this charity, was around like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it was to to refurbish a fountain, which was technically in a public park in Central Park, across from one of his buildings. Mm-hmm. So it it uh, helped with property value and aesthetics of his particular thing. The lowest was a seven dollar donation. To the Cub Scouts, to the Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. right around the time that Eric Trump would have joined, because he was in the Boy Scouts. Yeah. So they he couldn't even pony up the seven dollars for the the initial the dues or whatever it was out of his own pocket. He had to use the charitable foundation to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, what, why not? What in the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> so anyway, I I mean the the tooting of the horn is is kind of a joke, but. I really do think that this this isn't over either. I don't know what kind of settlement they're going to come to. But if no punishment comes other than shutting down and not being allowed to be involved in charities in New York State, if that's it, this is a miscarriage of justice. This is another case of the rich getting away with illegal activity and in a situation where poor people would be fucked. Mm-hmm. Where there would be a heavy-handed punishment leveled out by the government. And he's going to get away with it because rich people get away with shit. Well, and the New York State Attorney General tweeted that they're going to continue to move the suit forward to ensure that the Trump Foundation and its directors are held accountable for their clear and repeated violations of state and federal law. And it's just amazing how this isn't even a thing that people are, are talking about yeah i mean there's just so much corruption that this is at the bottom because there's too much to keep track of right it's it's a it's a, it's a blizzard of illegal activity but you turn on fox news and sean hannity seriously i mean he might be talking about the clinton foundation you're right <laughs> or 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 uranium one yeah still talking about they're probably still talking about how hillary clinton had goddamn pneumonia and almost passed out at the 9-11 event yeah so it's just it's very remarkable that with with the responsibility that people on tv have um and i'm talking about fox news in particular here that they aren't covering this stuff because what do trump supporters have to say about this i mean honestly is it just fake news is it yeah. that he's being bullied is it that he's being attacked? I mean, what is the excuse? Why is Donald Trump this rich person? Why is he different than all the other elites that they yeah. talk about? I saw I saw a quote from, well, according to Donald Trump Jr., he's a blue-collar billionaire, everybody. Get her done. Mm-hmm. But I saw a quote from, I believe, Brian Kilmeade. 
that you showed me, I think, I think, that he said something like, it's not fair that Donald Trump is having every single thing he's ever touched investigated. <laughs> well, when everything that's being investigated, things are being brought forward that were um, criminal, mm -hmm. that there was impropriety surrounding. Yeah. When there's results to the investigations, it's not like they're fruitless. Mm-hmm. We've got all kinds of convictions and indictments and guilty pleas so far. They're 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 shuttering the foundation, mm -hmm. and under the super, they're not even going to let them disperse the money on their own. It's under the supervision of the New York State Attorney General. The President of the United States of America cannot be trusted to legally and appropriately disperse the remaining $2 million in the foundation that has his fucking name on it mm -hmm. because he's that untrustworthy. Yeah. It's remarkable. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that we talked about last week that there was some follow-up is, the, the or this week, I guess, the, the last episode, was that Mike Flynn was going in for sentencing the very next day. Well, that ended up being a freak show that blew up, mm -hmm. and the the judge kind of lost it on him and told him he was disgusted by him, and that they were, if they wanted to proceed with sentencing, he was kind of letting them, <laughs> giving them the, the, the vibe that you're going to jail despite the government's deal. Yeah, well, it was interesting because this went viral on Twitter when the judge was lecturing him. Yeah. Um, he said, quote, you were an unregistered agent of a foreign country while serving as the national security advisor to the president. Arguably, this undermines arguably this undermines everything this flag over here stands for. Arguably, you sold your country out. OK. And so obviously this went viral on Twitter because he's basically accusing Michael Flynn of treason. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he ended up going on a break, coming back out. And he said that he misspoke in suggesting that Flynn was a foreign agent while in the White House and also says that he never meant to suggest that he committed treason. Yeah, well, he because Michael Flynn wasn't a foreign agent while the national security director mm -hmm. but he was before during the campaign so judges they're just like us guys they get fired up yeah. and, and say wrong things but everyone kind of went with this quote and even after the judge corrected himself people were still tweeting it out obviously um because once it's put out there it's hard yeah, yeah. it's hard to contain right. especially if it confirms people's biases yeah so um the judge delayed the sentencing he ended up delaying the sentencing until uh, he said that, you know, you you have an opportunity here to curtail whatever consequence is going to come down the pike by cooperating with the government mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. He's already met with the special counsel like 19 times. I don't know in the grand jury room or just with staff, but there have been substantial interviews given. Well, and remember, Donald Trump, unlike his tweets about Michael Cohen, like wished Michael Flynn good luck. He's still very... Hot on Michael on uh Michael Flynn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many Michaels, so many criminals. Um, so <laughs> so many guilty pleas. Michael Cohen was the rat 
Yeah. Donald Trump was tweeting, attacking him, calling him a rat. But Michael Flynn, he's wishing good luck. And so what you just said there, Jesse, about the judge saying you have some time here to make it right to quit with your conspiracy theories about the government who is out to get you and doing you wrong. You have a chance here to do something right. And Donald Trump is like, hey, no, I'm still happy with you guys. Don't don't become a rat like Michael Cohen. Good luck. Good luck. Well, the other thing... Stay strong, bro. The, <laughs> team Flynn, Team Flynn. <laughs> the, the other thing is that um, the judge really... Because, you know, his lawyers were talking that talk in, in prior weeks. Mm-hmm. That it was a conspiracy and he's being railroaded. And he's like, well, I'm not going to accept a guilty plea from someone who doesn't believe they're guilty. Because that's not how federal law works. You, you have to admit guilt. Otherwise, it seems like the the, the government is persecuting you. Mm -hmm. And if you plead guilty, you're saying, I am guilty of these charges. And he gave him ample opportunity during that hearing to come out and say, no, I'm I'm not guilty. I do believe that I I didn't do anything wrong. And uh, Michael Flynn pointedly, flatly, and his lawyers didn't take the opportunity. They said, no, 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 no. No, we want the deal. I am guilty. I know it was wrong to lie to the FBI within the walls of the... Well, anywhere, but especially in the goddamn White House. Mm-hmm. So, and when you read the 302, which we I, we can put a link to it up on the on the Facebook page. The 302, which is the, the investigative uh, summary... It summarizes the report and the interview that went on with the FBI and Michael Flynn in the White House. He... They they give him all kinds of opportunities, reminding him of other conversations he's not being upfront about. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. <laughs> so he for sure lied. 100% knew it was illegal to do so. Remember, it's a 1001 offense. Mm-hmm. It, it just come come the fuck on. So back to what I was talking about with the. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> so, so many Michaels, you know, so many. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the rat comments. This tweet calling Michael Cohen a rat really went hard on Twitter in terms of reactions, negative reactions yeah, to course. the president of the United States calling someone um, a rat because they are cooperating with law enforcement. And with his own Justice Department. Right. <laughs> So Sarah Sanders actually held a press conference. Surprise. Shocking. And she was asked about this comment. And I want everyone to make sure that they really listen here and remember this moment. Because when Sarah Sanders, when Sarah Huckabee Sanders tries to crawl back in after all has gone down. <laughs> yeah. And she tries to clear her name and come back in to the world with all of us normal people that knew the truth all along. <laughs> We can't let it happen. So listen to this answer. Senator, I was in the courthouse at the courthouse last hour when the, the judge Emmett Sullivan basically said that he was disgusted by Michael Flynn's crimes. He said that uh, he had disdain for Flynn. Uh, Flynn said that he knew that it was illegal to lie to the FBI and he was ready to accept responsibility. This was all before agreeing to a delay in the sentencing. Given that, are you in a position now or would you like to revisit your comments earlier today that uh, the FBI ambushed Flynn here? No, um, I we still firmly believe, look, the things that may have taken place, again, that's for the judge to make that determination, uh, whether he engaged in something inappropriate. What we do know. I'm going to pause it there. We haven't gotten to the rap part of it yet. Uh, one, 
it, there's nothing for the judge to determine. Michael Flynn has pleaded guilty mm-hmm. to lying. Yeah. The only thing that's left for the judge to determine is what the punishment is going to be for the crime to which he has pleaded guilty. Right. He was not ambushed. He's admitting, no, I was not ambushed. I knew it was a felony, a federal fucking crime to lie to FBI agents in the course of an interview. I knew it. Mm -hmm. She continues. That was inappropriate by own self-admittance of James Comey is that the FBI broke standard protocol in the way that they came in and ambushed General Flynn and in the way that they questioned him and in the way that they encouraged him not to have White House counsel's office present. And we know that because James Comey told us that. And he said that the very reason that they did it was because the only reason that they did it, it was the Trump administration and they thought they could get away with it. Uh, those are facts. Comey and certainly, definitely didn't um, say that. There may be other issues there, but that we don't uh, have any reason to want to walk that back. Sager. Very quickly about sure. uh, Michael Flynn. Uh, he has cooperated with the special counsel's office and met with him 19 times. Is there a particular reason why the president has not said that he is a rat the way that he has said that Michael Cohen is a rat for cooperating with prosecutors? Look, we know Michael Cohen to uh, be a liar on a number of fronts, and um, the president's opinion is extremely clear on that front. I don't see any reason to uh, go beyond that comment at this point. Thanks, Sarah. Two questions for you on the government shutdown. She goes further again with something that she says where I think he asks again about the rat comment and she says that it's like an accurate um, term to use. Wow. Yeah. So she really goes hard with this and she's not backing down. Um, They're happy to have the president of the United States calling someone a rat. She's also keep, take this into perspective. The White House press secretary, the spokesperson for the president of the United States, is standing in the White House at the podium calling a private citizen a liar. We, we know he lied. He's pleaded guilty to it. Mm-hmm. You, we don't need the, the, the vitriol for the one particular individual mm-hmm. when they're sparing it for everybody else. Right. It's just weird. It's not normal. Well, and again, the question wasn't answered. So For sure not. <laughs> so th- there was another moment. I'm sorry I didn't get the rest of the rat stuff. But there was another moment where she was asked about wall funding. Because now Donald Trump is losing his mind about the wall. And, <laughs> and now it's kind of time to start asking questions about, wait, 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 wait. What about all the Mexico talk? Right. Protect our border and protect American citizens. With with the deficit ballooning to over a trillion dollars under this president, where are the additional monies for this wall going to come from? And why is he asking the American taxpayer for them when he promised Mexico was going to? Look, we're not asking American taxpayers for that. Uh, we are looking at existing funding through other agencies right now that we can draw on to do that in immediate, uh, immediately. So the president's been the clear. Deficit. The president has been clear that the USMCA deal would provide additional revenue through that deal that would show that Mexico is paying for the wall. The, treasury, though. The, the, the trade benefits, if there are any, don't, don't go to the Treasury. 
He's saying that the revenue provided and the money that would be saved through the USMCA deal, we could pay for the wall four times over. And by doing that new trade deal, we have the opportunity to pay for the wall. But trade benefits go to private citizens. Look, they don't go to the United States Treasury. About, he's talking about the general revenue that comes from that. So you're going to tax... No, we're not taxing. We're talking about additional revenue that wouldn't have existed without the president getting a new deal. Have you done the math on that? that, that, that? There, are, there have been a number of things that we've looked at in which we know we'll have additional revenue that comes in through the USMCA. From the USMCA we think into we'll the have, Treasury? We think there will be more than that that comes in. Jeff, go ahead. Uh, Sarah, it's amazing that, they, that this doesn't... Uh, this isn't a more viral moment. I think it's because it's not sexy, because it's it's economics. And it's, look, I'm no economics genius at all. I'm not even a smart guy about economics. But they're making, for the government to pay for something, uh-huh. they need to tax citizens. Yeah. Or companies. Yep. So the trade imbalance mm-hmm. with Mexico, the purported trade, which I'm sure is there, just not to the extent that Donald Trump says it is. Mm-hmm. That we are going to be rolling in money hand over fist so much so that it, from Canada and Mexico, the USMCA, NAFTA 2.0, mm-hmm. that we're going to be able to pay for the wall big time because of all the money that's going to be rolling in, except for the fact that it's going to be rolling into American companies and private citizens because now they're selling their goods to Mexico and mm-hmm. making profit off of that. So for her to say, no, we're not going to tax people, there is no other way for the wall to be paid for unless you're taxing people. Am I explaining that well? Yeah, you're explaining exactly as you should be because it... It is just... Yeah, and this... this You can tell at the very end how frustrated she was that she was, I got to get out of this because I'm fucked here. Last question. Uh... This this did it didn't go viral like you said probably because it wasn't a sexy moment but people did post the transcript on Twitter and everyone was talking about this uh well people who you, care you follow good you you've got a good Twitter feed I need to catch up on that people who care my about tweet, it my feed was not and people who care about it um because it is so strange to I mean, I know people have debated is it even worth it having the press conference should she even do this but yeah, because, yeah, because so look at how her incompetence was revealed in this moment. Look at how in the previous clip her incompetence was revealed and how much of a liar she is. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, by virtue of that, the president. Yeah, it reinforces yeah. the truth, what we know about this administration to see her doing what she does. It reinforces what yeah. we know. It's a, it's a very, very bizarre phenomenon to me that... It is so openly, transparently deceptive, and his followers don't give a fuck. Yeah, they don't care that Donald Trump, baby, that they're going to end up paying for the wall. That the tax cuts who went to largely went to the rich. That it, that. Uh, don't expire for the rich and for corporations, but do expire for the middle class. They're going to end up paying for this if if it happens. I don't think it's going to end up happening. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be the ones to pay, not Mexico. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Donald Trump said it hundreds and hundreds of times, they don't fucking care. Yeah. It's just bizarre. Yeah. I don't know what to say about it. So the other news that broke yesterday was Donald Trump announced via Twitter that the United States military 
and its assets were withdrawing full stop, withdrawing from the conflict in Syria, uh, the previous conflict with ISIS. New fallout coming in late today after that surprise decision from President Trump ordering the withdrawal of all U.S. troops from Syria, saying the war against ISIS has been won. But tonight, even some key Republican senators say this is a very dangerous move. Here's ABC's chief global affairs correspondent, Martha Raddatz, tonight. Today, President Trump all but declaring mission accomplished with his sudden decision to pull all 2,000 American troops out of Syria within the next 30 days. We have won against ISIS, and now it's time for our troops to come back home. The move flies in the face of what many of his own advisors on Syria were saying just days ago. If we've learned one thing over the years, enduring defeat of a group like this means you can't just defeat their physical space and then leave. You have to make sure the internal security forces are in place to ensure that those security gains are enduring. With regard to stabilization, we still have a long way to go. As a candidate, Donald Trump said the decision to withdraw all U.S. troops from Iraq in 2011 created a vacuum for ISIS to fill. I oppose the reckless way Obama, Clinton left Iraq. Now some of the president's strongest allies say he is making the same mistake himself with Syria. If this decision is a withdrawal of all of our forces in Syria, now we're dramatically less safe. This is an Obama-like move. Colossal, in my mind, mistake, a grave error. ISIS is not defeated. So let's get to Martha Raddatz, who's been covering this for years. And Martha, Republican senators were blindsided by the president's announcement. Lindsey Graham tonight calling, quote, a big win for ISIS. That, that's right, David. ISIS has lost almost all of its territory, but 2,000 fighters remain, and there are concerns going forward about intelligence. If you don't have troops there, it is harder to get good information. David? Martha Raddatz with us from the Washington Bureau tonight. Martha, thank you. So a couple of things I want to say about this. One is you hear the Lindsey Graham thing there, mm-hmm. which again, he's such a weird character that He knows that's the way to fuck with Donald Trump's head. Mm -hmm. To call this move Obama-like. Holy shit. I mean, he might as well be literally shitting on his head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pissing right on his face. Well, Donald Trump might get off on that. But that is... That's what... And listen, Lindsey Graham is a little hawkish. And wherever you stand on... Our presence in Syria, mm-hmm. our troops being deployed on the, the use of the military. W- one fact remains that there are there is one group who is very, very happy right now that we are withdrawing from Syria, and that's Russia. Vladimir Putin is over the fucking moon about this because it removes our presence. It removes our influence. He called it correct. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? That our enemy, a hostile foreign nation that is trying actively right at this very moment to interfere in our elections and our democracy, is very pleased with this, with this move on the part of Donald Trump. That should be a wake-up call to everybody. And listen, I'm not saying that we should, we should operate our foreign policy based on what's going to piss Russia off or what's going to be a thorn in their side. But I would say this. We only had like 2,000 troops there. But leaving our presence altogether 
leaves it to Russia. I mean, that's if you want influence to foment uh, negative influence to, to 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 continue. Russia and Iran. Russia and Iran. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it's 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 not good. Um, it's also against the advice of the experts in his own administration who are, yeah. are telling him yeah. that this is not what he needs to be doing. It's not as though you look in one building and, oh, ISIS isn't here. All right, our job's done. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you need to continue to figure out what their plan is, what their strategy is, where they're moving, where they're going. And if you leave too soon, they can regroup. Well, we, and we were also in a weird turn. Yeah, we were also in a weird place with Syria where we were kind of in the middle between two bad factions mm-hmm. with um, Bashar al-Assad, mm-hmm. the murderous, genocidal dictator, gas attacking dictator and ISIS, who was fighting against al-Assad. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to bring some sem- sem- semblance of balance there. It was an almost impossible mission for sure. However... When we're not there at all, we don't have a say in the matter. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be losing influence globally. Now, this is all from a, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, we shouldn't be there any anyway. We should just let that place uh, burn to the fucking ground and let whatever forces on the ground take over, let them take over. Mm-hmm. Except the problem with that is, is that it ends up on our front door, like 9-11. And I'm sure I'm a little bit more hawkish than than most of the audience, but... There are very real realities at play here. Um, And what happens is in America is we get lulled into a false sense of security because it's been how long since a major terror attack on U.S. soil. Mm -hmm. And we think, ah, it's not a problem anymore. It is still a problem. And it's only months, weeks, years, however long until the next major attack where Americans die and then it's going to be, oh, shit, maybe we should have kept 1,000 people or 2,000 people over there to kind of keep eyes on that situation. I don't know. Well, so going back to what you were saying, it's just interesting that if Republicans don't agree with the decision, if the experts in Trump's administration don't agree with the decision, yeah. advised against this decision, then what is the motivation behind doing this? Distraction. I mean, it it seems it seems out of nowhere. People were surprised. It's the a- military was surprised. He re- he really announced this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He no one was no one was gave a heads up. No one was given a heads up. The the military wasn't. The national security infrastructure wasn't. He really announced this on Twitter via like some fucking cheesy video where he's just standing there. We've defeated ISIS. It it's literally a mission accomplished moment, like George W. Bush on the aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. It's just no way to run foreign policy. It's dangerous to do it this way. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when the host of The Apprentice is elected president. <laughs> Quote Brittany Page. Mm-hmm. Fact. Yeah. True. Yep. All right. Well. We'd love to hear from you guys mm-hmm. about all these topics. We're going to be back tomorrow morning with another show. Mm-hmm. So really, we'd love to have some listener feedback for that episode. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Um, listen, it is the holiday season. Christmas is not just right around the corner, but five days away. <laughs> 
So if you're going to shop on Amazon, we would love to have your support there if you're going to do it there anyway. We're not asking you to shop there, but if you're going to shop on Amazon, go to dollamore.com slash Amazon before you go, and that'll just redirect you right to Amazon with our little code. Buy what you're going to buy. We get a few cents from it, and you're helping support your favorite show, hopefully, filled with news. News. And sometimes eh, reasonable, sometimes ridiculous comment. So we love you guys. We really appreciate all of the support that you give us, all of the the listener feedback, helping us move the conversation forward. It is important. And uh, we love you guys. We will see you tomorrow. And until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Bravo!